0: We're delighted that you are here this morning with us as we have come to worship. I want to welcome everyone here in the sanctuary and ask that you would to please fill out an attendance pad. And I want to welcome all of those who are joining us via live stream. And we ask that you make some sort of note so that we know that you're with us this morning, but we're delighted to have everyone to come and worship with us at this time. I have a a few announcements. Most of the activities this week are the usual activities at their usual time. So if you'll pick up one of these announcement sheets, then uh, you can follow that along. Uh, There is a pickleball uh, game or activity here tomorrow afternoon from 2 to 4. I have an announcement uh, regarding uh, Rodney Thompson, who died yesterday. The service for Rodney will be Thursday afternoon at 3 o'clock here at the church. Uh, Visitation is from 1 to 3 uh, prior to the service. So please uh, keep in your thoughts and prayers, Becky Thompson and all of her family. All right, let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. We thank you, God, for another opportunity to come to worship, and we pray that your spirit would guide us through this time together, that uh, your spirit would enliven our worship, make us aware that you're present with us and that you love us and that you care for us tremendously. We thank you for all your love and grace. We pray for those who have special needs at this time in our life, uh, in the life of this church. May your peace and strength, your spirit be with them. Guide us now as we have come. May your spirit speak to us, speak to our hearts and minds as we have come to uh, offer our humble acts of worship. And it's in the name of Christ. Amen. Please stand and
1: join. Enjoy-
2: worship his holy name sing like never before oh my soul worship your whole Of your home. bless the Lord
0: Thank you. You can be seated and we're going to dismiss the children to go with Miss Catherine to a Children's Church. Can I go? <laughs> All right. Uh, let us prepare our hearts and minds as we are going to receive the uh, morning offering. Let us pray. We thank you for all the gifts that you have bestowed upon each of us and we pray that now as we return these gifts that you have bestowed that they be blessed and that those who give them be blessed and those who receive the benefits of them be blessed. Bless this church in its continuing ministry for we pray in Christ's name. Amen. That timing for the next service. It's me. What I okay? There we are on the air. Now everybody has to wake up. Uh, she told me uh, about the series. She asked me if there was a particular window I wanted to do, and I said, "Oh yes, I would like to do uh, the Journey of Life window in the gym uh, because that was the window that was uh, commissioned and installed and dedicated uh, during my ministry here at the church uh, many, many years ago, right after the dinosaurs." But so I'm I'm honored to. Uh, to be able to do that uh, window this morning. Uh, The window was given by Mrs. Evelyn Pearson in memory of her husband, Glenwood Pearson, uh, Jr., who passed away on December the 7th, 1993. Glenwood and Evelyn were married in 1951, and in the fall of 1954, they purchased the local uh, Chevrolet dealership and relocated here to Gadsden, and they joined First United Methodist Church uh, in 1956. And of course, Evelyn has been a very active member ever since. Uh, She's provided faithful service and leadership uh, in the United Methodist Women. And uh, one of the great things that she did uh, in the United Methodist Women and during her years of service here was uh, she uh, provided beautiful handmade quilts for infants for new mothers and their babies in the Success by uh, Six United Way program. And I remember uh, for years, once a year, that uh, the quilts would be placed on the altar rail and we would have a dedication of those beautiful quilts that uh, she was responsible for for making. And of course, Evelyn is still a faithful member here along with her son, Glenwood uh, Pearson II. Glenwood Pearson Jr. was a native of Selma and a resident of Montgomery for a number of years. He attended Auburn University and was founder and owner of Pearson Chevrolet for 38 years. He was uh, president of the Kiwanis Club. He held all offices that could be held here at the church. And uh, he was a member of the Etowall County and National Auburn Alumni Association. He was a a U.S. Army veteran during World War II and and, uh, rose to the rank of lieutenant. And of course, he served on various boards uh, for the General Motors Corporation and was a member of the Alabama 60-plus Golf Association. The window, if you look very carefully, you will not see it in here except by slide because the window is in the gym, in the upstairs uh, portion of of the gym. Evelyn had asked when uh, that part of the building was being built in the 1990s, I believe, if she could uh, uh, provide the window, the stained glass window there. And uh, the church uh, humbly asked her if she would support the building of the, of, uh, the completion of the building, and then later uh, to put the window in, which she graciously consented to do. And she financially supported the building of the new wing. And then in uh, 2006, the uh, window was commissioned. We all know that uh, Joseph Victor Lawrence was the artist and designer of all the windows that we see in the sanctuary uh, back in the 1930s. Uh, his grandson, Ken Hardiman, uh, was the creator and artist for the window in the uh, Jim, the Journey of Life window. The window is unique in that, first of all, it's the largest window in the church facilities. Second of all, it is a blend of traditional and contemporary design. Evelyn wanted the window to tie in to all the windows in the sanctuary and so uh, Mr. Hardeman did that by uh, having the very same panels and design on each side at the bottom and top of the window. Uh, however, that's uh, the only part of the, that is traditional. The rest is more uh, contemporary. And it uh, represents the journey of life which all of us are on uh, and moving toward the kingdom of God on earth and in heaven It represents our baptism by showing water and the Spirit descending. Uh, It also uh, lets us know that as we make the journey of life, that the Spirit is with us continuously. Uh, If you look very closely, and a lot of people overlook this, if you look very closely in the upper section of the window, there is a road uh, leading out over the hills, Uh, and that represents, of course, the journey, the road. That uh, we take. The window, the final layout for the window was on September the 11th, 2006 uh, at the Board of Stewards meeting, and then in November of 2006, uh, Mr. Hardiman began work on the window. On December the 17th, 2006, at 10 o'clock, the window was dedicated, and I think it is a very beautiful window indeed I'd like to uh, read for you some verses from the 11th chapter of Matthew beginning with the 28th come to me all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Word of God for the people of God. Having served for several decades in Africa, a missionary couple were returning to New York to retire. After years of service, they had no pension, and their health was failing. They were worried and discouraged. They happened to be on the same ship as Theodore Roosevelt, who was returning home from one of his African expeditions, hunting expeditions. Of course, no one paid any attention to the missionary couple. They watched the fanfare that accompanied the president and his entourage. During the uh, voyage, the missionary said to his wife, something is wrong. We have given our lives in service to God in Africa all these years, and no one cares a thing about us. Here this man comes back from a hunting trip, and everybody makes much over him, but nobody gives two hoots about us. When the ship docked in New York, a band was waiting to greet the president. The mayor and other dignitaries had shown up. Papers were full of news about the coming, the arrival of the president, and not one person, not one person was there to greet the missionary couple. So they slipped off the ship and went and found an apartment in the east side. That night, the man said to his wife, I can't take this. God is not treating us fairly. His wife replied, Well, why don't you go into the other room and tell that to the Lord? He did just that. And returned sometimes later, his face all aglow. His wife asked him what had happened. And he said, I told him how bitter I was that the president should receive this tremendous homecoming, and yet not one person met us at the dock. And when I was finished, it was as though the Lord had placed his hand on my shoulder and simply said, you're not home yet. Well, we are not home yet but we're on the road of life. We're all on a journey. And we all have burdens and we all need rest. You know, you just can't go on and on and on carrying burdens without some kind of rest and relief. And that's why this passage is so well loved is because it says something about rest and we know how badly we need that. But, listen very closely. Jesus is not saying that you deserve a break today. Kick off your shoes and come and relax with me. Jesus is not offering us some luxurious vacation or a great day at the spa. As refreshing as that may sound, this is not actually what Jesus is saying. And we have to be careful how we interpret this passage. It promises one kind of rest, but in our mind, it's easy for us to go off and expect another kind of rest. You know, Jesus was in a continuous feud with the Pharisees who declared that everyone must follow the law to the letter, and there would be no exceptions. There were, there were lies filled with thou shall nots. And so they they passed their legalistic views on to their followers and insisted that anybody that transgressed their views was in serious trouble. In Matthew 23, Jesus said of the Pharisees, They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others. Jesus offers us an invitation to be to a different kind of life, a different way of living, a different kind of faith. Not a faith that burdens and and breaks, but a faith that renews and regenerates. That's the rest that Jesus offers. A rest from trying and trying and trying and still falling short, not being quite good enough. We do not follow thou shall not then why are we so tired? Why do we need rest? Because we feel like we're still carrying burdens, heavy burdens. And the truth is, we are. All of us carry burdens. It may be the burden of self-sufficiency which says to us, hey, you get by life on your own. And if you dare ask anybody, then you're weak. In a children's sermon, a pastor had a, had a, a board, and, and on each end of that board he had a rope, and he asked a child to come up and to take one rope in his right hand and one rope in his left hand and to stand on the uh, board and lift it up. And to everybody's amazement, they, he couldn't. But our desire for self-sufficiency often makes us want to lift that board all on our own. And then there's the burden of self-centeredness. You know, you know the idea that our needs and our wants take precedent over everybody else's. And then there's the burden of self-worth that says the value, our value as a person is determined by what we do or who we are. Those are some heavy burdens to carry. And there's so many more. So if we're carrying these kinds of burdens around today, what kind of rest is Jesus offering us? We will have burdens. Even Jesus knows there's no such thing as a life that is burden free. So the, the issue is not that we won't have burdens, but what kind of, of burdens do we have to bear? And so comes the second part of Jesus' invitation Come and find rest by taking up this yoke. There's a scene in uh, Raising Arizona where a bumbling bank robber goes into the bank and he hollers, freeze, everybody on the floor. And a customer looks at him and says, well, which is it? Well, which is it, Jesus? Do you want us to rest? Or do you want us to take up this yoke? I mean, our earthly logic says a burden is a burden is a burden. No matter how much the seller tries to convince us that it's light and easy. The key to understanding this part of Jesus' invitation is the concept of the yoke. A yoke was a piece of wood that joined oxen together so that they could pull a wagon or a plow in the field. The Greek word that Jesus uses for easy also means well-fitting. As a carpenter, Jesus would have made lots of yokes, I guess, in his day. The ox were brought to the shop. Measurements were made. Uh, A rough yoke was hewed out. And the oxen were brought back for additional measurements. And to see how that rough yoke fit upon the shoulders. And then adjustments were made until the yoke was well-fitting and did not chafe. It was tailor-made for the oxen. Jesus knows what what burdens us, our anxieties and our fears, our temptations and our responsibilities, our failures and our guilt, And he offers to lift our heavy burdens and replace them. He offers to take the yoke of obligation off our shoulders and instead replace it with an easy yoke. But what makes Jesus' yoke easier? A farmer was standing on the side of the road next to his wagon which had slipped into the ditch. The farmer hitches his tired old horse to the wagon and says, Hiya Betsy! And the horse doesn't move. Then the farmer says, Giddy up Chestnut! And the horse doesn't move. And then the farmer says, come on, Sally. And the horse doesn't move. And then finally he says, let's go, ranger. And the horse finally moves, slowly moving the wagon out of the ditch. An observer to all of this asked the farmer, why did he use all those names? Did you forget the horse's name? Must have been an old farmer about my age. Farmer says, nope. I know his name. Old ranger is blind. And if he thought he was the only horse pulling the wagon, he wouldn't even try. The most amazing thing about the yoke is that it's made for two. It's not one that Jesus imposes upon us but one that binds him with us. He's saying that the heaviness of life can be lighter if the weight is pulled by two, and if he is one of the two. If we're willing to be yoked with him and to share with him by worshiping him and spending time with him in prayer and and reading his story, then the burden becomes lighter. That's why Jesus' yoke is easier. You know, maybe rattling around in the back of our minds quite often in our lives are these questions. What do I have to do to get to heaven? What do I have to to do absolutely right in order to get into the kingdom of God? We base many of our decisions upon how we answer these questions And when we choose wrongly, we are filled with guilt and fear and doubt because we haven't lived up to those questions. And with these questions, the burden of salvation of our eternal destination is placed squarely upon our shoulders, totally on us. Are we good enough? Are we? We wonder. But Jesus is saying, don't try to be good enough. Through faith, you are already good enough. You don't have to worry about trying to earn anything. So knowing that, how are we going to live? Let's look at it this way. A young teenage boy has a messy room, and he's going to clean it up. Now, I know that's a very improbable example, but just... Wait for a moment he cleans his messy room and he can do it for two reasons: he can do it because he's afraid that he will be punished and punished severely, or he can do it because he knows he's a part of the family, and he does it out of out of joy and out of being a part of something greater than he. So he can clean his room out of obligation or he can clean his room out of joy. You know, we can serve God because we feel obligated. I mean, we can come to worship because of obligation and miss the joy of worship. We can give financially to the church out of obligation And miss the joy of giving. We can serve God through this church and in this church out of obligation. And miss the joy of serving. Do you see the difference? The yoke of obligation is heavy and chafing. The yoke offered with Christ for the kingdom is easy and light. So can we really walk away from the burden of being who we think we should be? Can we take on the burden of simply being who we were created to be? The only time the load of life becomes overbearing is when we try to take it over and do all the lifting ourselves. But Jesus says, look, you're not alone on this journey. I'm here with you. Christ says to you, you are mine. I have come for you. Now come to me. Let's go home. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. We ask, oh God, that you would give us a spirit of wisdom so that we might know that being yoked with Christ is the easy way. Give us the spirit of wisdom so that we might know that trying to make the journey of life all on our own is so difficult and demanding so almost impossible, but that making the journey of life—being with Christ—is so much easier. The load is life, and the joy that was intended to be ours indeed becomes ours. Hear us, O God, for we pray in the name of Christ who is willing to take us home. Amen. If uh, you have any special needs in your life, and if, uh, or if you're considering church membership, if there's anyone here that would like to do that, then uh, I will simply refer you to our pastor, Sherry Reynolds. But I'd be glad to talk to you, too, after the service. So let us receive the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you and give you his peace. Amen.